If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The Eagles will bring somebody else in and let that person, that quarterback, compete with Jalen Hurt for the starting job. So this is not going to, you know, what I, my understanding is it's not going to be automatically Jalen Hurts here, the quarterback, but whether it be by draft and wouldn't that be ironic? I mean, this is not going to go well over in Philadelphia if they turn around and they're, they're drafting another quarterback. That's Chris Mortensen oh. talking about the Philly situation. You won that one. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Well, uh, Coos told me. Okay. I'm not going to take no. Go seriously, I'm not okay. going to take credit for that. One. Well, all right. <laughs> Did you feel good about that one? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Allen Robinson. There was an article about him today uh, coming up in just a moment. Before we get to that, something I didn't get to yesterday: Alvin Kamara getting into racing. Yeah. Okay. So now you have Pitbull, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I've told you that Randy Moss has been involved before. Um, you know, Brett Favre actually got involved in NASCAR back in the day. Uh, didn't work. It was like a two-year thing. And, you know, we already br- always bring up Brad Doherty, yeah. um, who's who's heavily involved and has been. It's almost like he's like a mainstay now. You forget about the NBA celebrity status. So when you have Pitbull from the music world, yes. whether you're a 40-year-old divorced and driving a minivan or not, <laughs> when you have Michael Jordan, like the Babe Ruth, of all time, you say best, but I know Larry. I know, I know Larry Bird. Okay, uh, and now you have a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's certainly not on that level. I wouldn't put him, but he's no. a star in the NFL currently. So it almost brings like this younger sure. generation. Yeah, and well, what does that have? In, what do they all three have in common? They're minorities. Yes, right. Uh, it's obviously Michael Jordan and Alvin Kamara and Pitbull as well. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about a sport. That has been predominantly white for decades and decades, who is trying to change a little bit. You can tell, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they got that flag out of there last year. Uh, They have drivers from Daniel Suarez to Juan Pablo Montoya over the years to now Bubba Wallace. Mm -hmm. There is an attempt by NASCAR to become more diverse. They have programs, and they've had programs, by the way, in place for some 10, 15 years to become more diverse. It's one thing if you can get Bubba Wallace to be the star of the sport. And Bubba Wallace, by the way, is the one who brought Alvin Kamara into the sport over the last year, yeah, which is an Alvin interesting Kamara story. Yeah, because Alvin was like an instant fan once it yes. was something that happened. Like, Kamara was in full support, obviously. Absolutely. And his, his fandom grew from there. And that's pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, and obviously, Michael Jordan is yeah. supporting the car that Bubba Wallace drives. Yeah. How good can this be for NASCAR? It certainly can't hurt, but I'm talking yeah. about what level of good. You're not a NASCAR fan. No. Um I don't sit there and watch races on Sunday. Yeah. But when, like, Michael Jordan talks about the sport, like, he grew up, like, we learned, he grew up going to races. Like, he really liked the sport of NASCAR. This is genuine. This isn't just like, I've got a ton of money, let me do this. He's into it. Uh, Pitbull seems to be into it, too. Like, I saw the interview they did on Fox uh, during the Daytona coverage, and he's really got nothing to do right now because he can't perform. Yeah. And so he's going to be at these races. I just wonder how much those guys in that sport, because I don't, this is going to be really, sound really bad the way I say this. 
I like I don't know if we have a more white sport yeah. than NASCAR. I mean, I was gonna bring up hockey as well. But I mean, I mean, there, there, are, a few, there are a few minorities. And obviously, there's European guys, but um, but, that's for the, a good call. but for the most part, hockey too as well. But here's the difference between hockey and NASCAR. Like, listen, if you want to reach, you know, the the black community in hockey, well, you need black hockey players. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. Like, that's the only way that's going to get the job done. And listen, NHL has done a lot in terms of racial injustice and stuff like that as well. You know, they they uh, support the Black Lives Matter and they did their part as well. So it's not like they're naive to the fact. It's just the fact that there's not a lot of black hockey players out there. Now, there, there are some. I mean, don't get it twisted. There are, There's a lot more than what you're accustomed to seeing. But still, it's, it's a predominantly white sport. With NASCAR, though, and with racing, it's almost like you have the power of influence a little more. Now, with all due respect to NASCAR, I think, like, why aren't other communities into that sport? I think, like, with the NBA and, like, and the NFL, like, listen, obviously they're predominantly black sports, but also it's the fact that they're always evolving. Like, the, you can only evolve so much in racing, right? I mean, yeah, sure, the, the cars can get faster or, or, like, the technology can be better. The safety obviously has improved. But overall, like, it's still the same track. It's it's still the same goal. Like, it, it still, you know, essentially looks the same on TV. Now, they've changed the rules and try to make it more exciting, but it's still the same product, right? Just rebranded. And I think that if you didn't grow up with that as a kid, it's hard to get into it now because there is really, I mean, like, like I said, there's evolution, but it's not to the point of the, the NBA or it's not to the point of the NFL. And that can be hurting a little bit. So when you lack the evolution, you need something else to kind of bring that up a little bit. And that's where the, the power of influence comes in. So is it going to help NASCAR? It's not going to hurt it by any means. No. Right? And, I don't think and, it can hurt. Yeah. But, like, how many people are going to go, whoa, Evan Kamara's in this now? Let me check it out. I'm not sure what that answer is. You know, We're I, talking I really about big-time influencers, though, yeah. I, and I have no idea. Alvin Kamara probably has millions of followers. Pitbull sure. has millions. Michael Jordan, I don't even know if he's on Twitter and social media. Michael Jordan's a little bit different in the sense because it does feel like he's a bit detached from our everyday. As We know his greatness, but we, we don't – you know, we watch highlights in YouTube. Like, everybody knows who he is. Yeah. But I don't know if he's going to be front and center. And I'm not saying Camaro will be front and center. I'm not even saying Pitbull will be front and center in the main attraction here. But I think they have – influence capability that Michael Jordan really isn't that interested in, you know, yeah. from a social media standpoint, from where the kids are at. Because here's the deal. There's two things, like you said, hockey, NASCAR, yeah. need more minority involvement mm -hmm. to make it so kids grow up that are minorities say, hey, I want to be like that guy. Sure. Right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like that, but let's. it is like that uh, mm -hmm. most often. The other thing is there's got to be a cool factor. Yes. Right? Like, I think hockey, in a sense, hockey is really cool when? In the playoffs. See, right? Hockey is hockey's really so, like, it seems like it's super inclusive. And, like, you know, it, it's almost like, I don't call it like the underground sport, but it's like, you know, people that are hockey fans are diehard hockey fans. Like, they'll, they'll talk True. about it all day. True. You very rarely ever see the casual hockey fan. Hockey has a little bit of that soccer feel to it, where it's sure. like, I'm a diehard yeah, fan and you're not. Good call. So yes. get out of here. Yes, right? exactly. There's a little bit of that. Exactly. You said inclusive. Yeah. See, Major League Baseball's problem is it sometimes doesn't look cool. Yeah. It's just, it's it's slow game. Yeah. Um, and that's why we just talked about in the last segment. You need Fernando Tatis, man. You do need home runs. You need that stuff. Yeah. I don't think you need obsess obsessive nature of that stuff, but I think you need, we need to be seeing Fernando Tatis on Sports Center. Yeah. Right. We need people talking about him. 
And that's what's cool about that young man. He's a dynamic player. He's a, a, attractive in a lot of different ways. And I think it's great for baseball. Now they have to wrap their arms around it because they can be archaic when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. NASCAR is more the to me, it's kind of like the dad and kid sport. It's like I probably would grow up being more of a NASCAR fan if my dad took me to races when I was a kid. Well, and see, that's the thing. That's not, my dad my, didn't take me to yeah. baseball games. Well, excuse me. He did actually take me to some baseball games, football games. But he didn't sit there and watch baseball with me, football with me, yeah. basketball with me. But I still loved those sports. If he had taken me to races and he talked about Sunday races and locked into the race, which he didn't do, mm-hmm. maybe I would be more of a NASCAR fan. But that's the way that sport feels. Yeah. Well, and I'll be honest, like – Growing up, my stepdad was a hardcore racing fan. So, like, every single year we went to Road America. We watched the Indy – not the Indy car. Um, yeah, the Indy car races, excuse me. Uh, and then we went to Texas one year, Dallas Motors uh, – is it Texas Motor Speedway? In Texas Motor Yeah, Speedway, Texas Motor Speedway. We saw one of those. But, like, like I grew up around that. I was I was obsessed. I, mean, I was the biggest Jeff Gordon fan you're going to meet. I mean, I still got my Jeff Gordon shirt probably someplace in my mom's. But, like, I found that as I got older, though, I don't want to say it stopped being cool per se – but all of a sudden, it just seemed like it, it all kind of blended together. Because, like, when I was coming up as a kid, it was either you're on Team Dale Earnhardt or you're on Team Jeff Gordon. Yeah, yeah. But they don't mix, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like, it's like the, the, all Two the, sides of the yeah, aisle, yeah. Exactly. Like, all the young kids and all, like, the new school kids are, are Team Jeff Gordon. And, like, all, like, the, like, like my stepdad, the old school guys are like, you are, you better respect Dale Earnhardt, right? Like, this is, this is racing. And, like, you have this, you know, this rainbow warrior coming in with this you know this flashiness and like i could relate with that you know like i i like that and then all of a sudden just like kind of that magic stuff kind of went away from me a little bit i don't know if it's because i just got older or just because the rules whatever the case may be but like when gordon left and everything i was like i'm good man you know like it's just it is what it is then yeah i'm a nascar guy in the periphery okay i I don't i I don't claim to be this huge nascar fan but I really believe NASCAR, you said it. Remember we had Stuart, we were talking about Daytona last week, and you said they're running this promo, like greatest season ever, and they're doing yeah. like, like you're asking all these questions. Well, I think NASCAR, we had uh, Chip Weil on from Daytona International Speedway. He was fantastic. Yeah. I think NASCAR is really excited about where they're at, not necessarily because, yeah, Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch and that stuff helps. Yeah. There's some name power there. You can debate whether there's enough of it in some respects. But I think they're excited about this part of it. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think I, the more I put it together, the fact that Camara, Pitbull, Michael Jordan, these outside forces, whether they've been able to lure them, they were just interested in. Here's the deal. If Tom Brady and Peyton Manning get involved in NASCAR, yeah, cool, but doesn't do much. Alvin yeah. Kamara? Pitbull get involved in NASCAR? Yeah. Okay, well, now you're reaching a segment of the population that we don't touch. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not going to be an overnight thing. Yeah. But I wonder if we see more of it, too. Could this become the cool thing for sports figures with a lot of money of all races, men and women, that they start locking into and putting some dollars behind? And and if NASCAR – does the right thing in terms of these spokespeople or or people see it's working, I think we could get Heck, you could get somebody from the U.S. women's soccer team no, investing not, in NASCAR. You're not wrong because, like I said, I grew up in a in a household that loved NASCAR when I was a kid. But a lot of my friends who didn't have those same households were also NASCAR fans because of the public influence. Because of and listen, we didn't have Facebook or Twitter back then. But I reminded of Nelly, the rapper Nelly. Yeah, he had a song called EI. In the song, he goes, "Call me Jeff Gordon." Black SS with the navigation. That SS was the Super Sport Impala. And, like, 
that had to be the first time a guy in NASCAR was ever in a hip hop lyric. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like, dude, but th- th- that was like that was cool. Like the Chevy yeah. Impala was cool. Jeff Jeff Gordon was cool because Nelly said so. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. dude, if this superstar Nelly is saying Jeff Gordon's cool. Well, let's go then. Like, I, I trust Nelly. Same thing now with, once again, whether you're a divorced dad or not, you're in a pit bull. That's the means that he's seen. But when you have guys like Elvin Kamara, guys like Michael Jordan, like, that's what you need. You 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 need the, the cool guys to go, this is cool. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. for instance, Post Malone. You know what Post Malone is? Yeah. He's a rapper. Because yeah. you can attest to this a little bit. Crocs. Crocs aren't cool. All right, let's be honest. I, I wore Crocs every day in the NFL because they were free. But, dude, Post <laughs> No, because they're pretty, they're comfortable as hell. But Post Malone released his own series of Crocs, and all of a sudden Crocs are cool. Yeah, you could have you could have connected with Brent better if you said Luke Combs. Luke Combs, he has a he has a Croc. Oh yeah, does he have a Croc line? Oh, he has got a a Croc line. Well, then never mind. The stock of Crocs is no longer cool. I don't understand why I got I got to listen to Post Malone, but I can't listen to Luke Combs. I mean, come on. And as you can imagine, they were they were camo. Uh, yeah. Crocs. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Stunning development. I'm sure that doesn't surprise no, anybody. Great or what? What's we talking about? Listen, <laughs> bottom line is, I think this could really be good for NASCAR. I really, and, it's and, not going to hurt, bro. And give them some credit for trying to reinvent themselves. I think this is why they're excited. Yeah. They went from a white, <laughs> people will throw the term, quote, redneck sport. Sure. Yeah. And now they're trying to evolve. Yeah. And they don't want to lose their base either, by the way. Yeah. That's important to them. And it should be. Yep. Much like Major League Baseball has fought this because you don't want to lose the traditional baseball fan. But how do you cater to that next generation? These are real problems for some of the sports. And like basketball is fortunate. They don't have that issue. Yeah. They probably have other issues, but they don't have that issue. NFL, they don't have any issues. I mean, they're just a giant right now. But baseball and, and hockey's got its own set of issues yeah. um, in, in that regard, too. And we'll see if they evolve and, and can get the masses. But I really like where NASCAR is headed here. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. Dude. See, th- golf did it totally different. They had Tiger Woods. I mean, right. Tiger Woods changed the game. He was they had the, the great player. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, like, I just don't know if Bubba Wallace could have the impact by himself, even if he was the best driver in the sport. I no. think some of these outside influences probably still need to help. Yeah, you, you have to make it cool. Speaking of cool, Brent, these Luke Combs Crocs here. Not bad. How you don't have two in the closet already? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. pretty good. But check this out. Did he's he got, partner up with Duck Dynasty? Yeah, there. it looks like it. And he's got another pair, too. This is a, this is a little more my style. He's got like his dog. I guess he's got like a dog named Jojo. Look at that. That's pretty cool. That's a, You'd wear that. I mean, I, I wouldn't wear Crocs in public, you know, but like, I get it. That's cool. Luke Combs. Kaylee wears right. Crocs all the time. Justin Bieber's oh, they're so got comfortable. Crocs, too. They're comfortable. I've never, I've never, oh, you, I don't think I've ever put on a you pair of Crocs. You've never had the pleasure of putting your feet on, I'm talking sockless, obviously, in a pair of Crocs. No. You're doing your feet I a disservice. Used, oh, when I was Brent, working, come on, man. When I was working at the bar down in St. Augustine, we'd have to use them because they were like anti-slip. So you yep. didn't want to like fall and obviously hurt yourself. So I I wore Crocs for like two years straight at work. Preach to them. They're so comfortable. I got a lot of blisters, but it was because they were getting I mean, wet. Soft. And then my feet were. The, 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 the first person in history to say he got blisters in Crocs. Congratulations. <laughs> rare, rare air for Justin Coons. By the way, did he also tell us, revealing today, that he does not go through the car washes? Yeah, he did. You did. The oh, yeah. movable that's not, car wash. I've said that to multiple it's stressful. people. It's stressful. I mean, I can relate a little bit. It's stressful. You have to put a neutral and it's going to go up the track. Get the tire in the yeah. track. Come mm-hmm. on. Is this what just, you're, are you a bad driver, Coos? No, I think I'm pretty good. I've only been in one car crash. And that doesn't it, mean I've been in multiple was, car crashes, but I'm a damn good driver. I was, and well, my car crash was because I was eating pizza <laughs> off the dashboard. So that. Oh, yeah? So it was your fault? It was definitely yeah. my fault. Yeah. I got you. 
but I am, but I'm a pretty good driver. I just don't know if I trust myself in those machines. So I just rather go to one that I can just park and let the machine move around me. I, I'm telling you, man, Brent, you can't grow with Crocs. All right, do yourself a favor and get a pair. Kuz, you need to do, you know what to do in the sink. What I like, I talked about before. <laughs> and Brent, yes, and you need to get a pair of Crocs, Brent. I just have a lot of hygiene questions with that. Don't, don't ask questions. Just stay. Yeah, don't ask Li- questions. Liberate yourself, man. As, as All right. A- as a uh, old Providence College baseball camp, Coach Shogren once said, <laughs> he's now this. at Rollins College, and he said his kids wouldn't stop asking him questions at all, right? So he's the assistant coach at Providence College. They don't even have a baseball program anymore. But this little camp, and these little six, seven-year-olds, they just won't stop. Yeah. And he like, says to the kid, what do you know about questions? Kid's like, what? Don't ask them. <laughs> <'em." laughs> Confidence shut it was, down. It was such a good moment. I've I always remembered it. the quote. I love Kuz, it. can you... Cue up our pitch to Allen Robinson oh, yes. to be here in Jacksonville. This was Super Bowl week. Jacksonville, we are trying to get A-Rob back here to the River City to play with Trevor Lawrence. This was some of it. Listen, A-Rob, this is it. This is You're a free agent. Come on home, A-Rob. We will make the next four years the best years you've ever played here in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark. Mustard jerseys, they're gone. The old regime, they're gone. We're ready to roll with Allen Robinson. A-Rob to Jacksonville. If you can't beat them, you got to join them. Oh, Ohio no. State 6-1 oh, no, over not. Penn State in oh. the last seven tries. What are you doing right now, I got, man? I mean, this we is got, backfiring we like you won't it. believe. I mean, no, you got to join them. Dude, you still got school. Pride. You talk to Mac about Penn State now all of a sudden? I appreciate you guys, man. Hey, hey one last thing. I'll leave you with he this. didn't say no. So many fans would love to see you come back if it works out that way. Good luck over I the next month. Dallin Robinson, Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690. We love catching up with A-Rob. That was so much fun. Again, though, the... The, you know what? I was not a fan of the Penn State comment, but no, it's okay. All right? It's, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of it. turn them off. I feel like we're in Shark Tank, and we had Mark Cuban on the line, and all of a sudden you had to say something crazy, and Mark Cuban goes, I'm out. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank, Isn't it too. Good? I, know, I love oh, Shark dude, Tank. I've seen, it, like, I've seen every episode, in. and I've seen, like, you know the craziest like 10 thing about, years old. I'm craziest so old, thing yeah. about Shark Tank is I don't care if it's, like, an 8-year-old episode. No, that's what I'm saying, man. It's <laughs> like, so good. I, I oh, <laughs> literally just said I was, that. In fact, in the episode, I was in Clemson, yeah. right? I was sitting there in the hotel, yeah. and I watched like three hours that night of yeah. Shark Tank. Have, have you ever bought any of the uh, Shark Tank no, like, I, things? Not yet, but I look them up all the time. Like, I'm so like, I want to see how these so guys are doing, right? So there was a, uh, there was a, I th- uh, it was a beanbag, right, down in Gainesville. Okay. A beanbag-like company, essentially, that you can open up and it turns into a bed. Okay. I have one. No kidding. Yeah, I got so, it. So they obviously got a deal on Shark Tank. Yes, they got a yeah. deal on Shark Tank, and they're based out of Gainesville. I, I don't remember the name. It's like Corduroy or something like that. Huh. Um, but, yeah, I, I still have one at the house. It's like one of the most comfy things to sit on ever. That's what's up. All right, so Ty Dunn uh, launched a website called GoLongTD.com, hmm. and he writes an article, and I think it was published today, on Alan Robinson. And the bullet points of it is Alan Robinson made his plan very clear. He tweets, market value contract, Super Bowl, Canton. So yeah, who? He got thinking about Canton and, and in our conversation. Because once I think I told him we could put, make him, oh, get him yeah. to the Hall of Fame with so Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I gave the, him the cop. Yeah, like, that was myself. Now, that was did we get credit in this article? We didn't get credit in this article. But either way, Mark Cuban, I'm out. Here's the thing. Yeah. I don't think Alan Robinson has ruled out Jacksonville. He told us everything's open. Yeah. I don't even think it's like. In his bottom half, I think he would. I think he would come back here. That's my hunch. What I have a question for you is when market value means like twenty million 
a yeah. year. Do you see the Jags? And you can take take Godwin if you want or Robinson. Yeah. But do you see the Jags at this time with all that money saying, hey, we're going to go spend $20 million a year on a wide receiver? I can to help out Trevor Lawrence. You can. I think he's worth it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because that's a splash signing, too. That gets people excited. That gets people fired up. I think the Jaguars could risk it for the biscuit. It's interesting. I was asking myself that question today, and as much as I, I said earlier in the show, yeah. well, you know, when you were getting your tattoo, yeah. I said, I, Allen Robinson is becoming like one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. Like he, I really well, like, I love the watching the maturation process when he got drafted to now, and and he's played so well, and I so I love the idea of Allen Robinson coming back here. I just don't know if the Jags at this time are going to pony up twenty million for Godwin, Galladay, Robinson. I don't think they're going to, especially with some of the success and the depth in the drafts of of uh, the receiver position. I'll tell you what. I have another reason why Allen Robinson should come back to Jacksonville. Um, in terms of what Allen Robinson is all about. I, I didn't get to talk to it with him when we interviewed him, but hopefully we'll take him in this part, and then he'll hear what I have to say. Can we do it after the break? I, I planned on it. Okay. Yes. Good. This was going to be Let a tease. Let me go ahead and, yes, it's what we call a tease, ladies and gentlemen. All right, good. That's coming up next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Coos. There's, there's your clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's clapped. a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer now. I'm oh, using oh, that tonight. You guys just had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'm laughing at this because I would put a lot of money. I would bet a lot of money on the fact that whoever this one NFL team is, I guarantee you they are not the team with the first pick in the draft. Do you know how many times I've called the NBA draft where I've spoken to scouts or I've talked to GMs and they would say, man, Jay, I think I got this guy rated over that guy. And then I see them with the pick and they don't take the guy that they say is rated over the guy. Well, I just, you know, look, I, I didn't think I could do it. I don't know about my job. You know, there's a lot of public pressure on this. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to be in a position to actually do it. So that's it, it, fine that this one guy who's anonymous, but that, that seems just like, hey, I'm going to say something for the sake it's Jay Williams, Zubin, Jay, Keyshawn in the morning, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. right here on ESPN 690. And that's an interesting talk about the pressures of the GMs and the organizations in the draft, especially near the top of it. I had somebody tell me when we were talking about the, it was like sometime in the last fall, some talking about the second pick. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, not, about like Fields. Mm-hmm. Not so sure about Fields, but you might be. The word was compelled to pick Justin Fields because the mass of people. Now at that time, Zach Wilson wasn't as hot. Correct, okay, correct. but just think of it. You you are compelled to take a guy because well, the backlash if you don't. Everybody's now convinced that this guy's the second best guy in the draft. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's very interesting. And I think some things add up. From Jack Del Rio's story that he once told right here on ESPN 690 to stories that we've heard in the past of an emotional draft room here in Jacksonville back in the day to Shad Khan even saying, well, we've got to learn from the past that we need a plan going into mm-hmm. the draft in the war room so we're not making decisions right then and there yeah. and almost in an emotional way. Uh-huh. Uh, so it shows you that those emotional decisions and sometimes forced decisions happen. And people lose their cool in that spot, and they're planning. They either go off the radar. I bet sometimes it works, 
right? And so it's like, well, I did this. I had a hunch. Boom, it worked. Mm-hmm. But I would say nine out of ten times it probably doesn't work. So that's an interesting point uh, by Jay Williams. Alan Robinson, we yes. continue to pitch him to Jackson. Got, got to keep in mind now. My angle of the last segment was more, will Jacksonville spend that kind of money on a receiver? I think they could spend that kind of money on, like, Leonard Williams. Yeah. But will they spend that kind of money on a receiver? Do they need to do that? Do they wait in the draft? Do they get a more moderate-level receiver to bring in with Trevor Lawrence and still help him out? I think that's the big question. And I think teams especially at this stage of things, are a little bit unwilling to spend $20 million on the wide receiver position when you just went 1-15. Mm-hmm. You know, although you do have to think of what can I do to help my quarterback, and especially in this case, Trevor Lawrence out. Without a doubt. So listen, I tease this a little bit, and why would Allen Robinson come back to Jacksonville? Because let's be honest, he wants to go to a Super Bowl. He wants to go to the Hall of Fame, all this stuff. And not to say that he can't do that with Trevor Lawrence, but, I mean, I think where we are right now, Brent, there's other teams on paper, a la the Green Bay Packers, that probably have a better shot right now oh, no of going to the Super Bowl than Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, let's let's be realistic here a little bit, folks. But I'll say this, and I want you to follow me here a little bit. Allen Robinson, where's he from, Brent? Detroit. Detroit Michigan. area. Yeah. Yeah. Detroit. And... I spent some time in Detroit. Now, when I say I spent some time in Detroit, I had a cup of coffee in Detroit. All right, I had a cup of coffee and a bagel, basically. Uh, it was about four or five weeks. But when I was in Detroit, so this is back in 2013, right? So this is right before the Flint water crisis and kind of all that stuff. Okay, yeah. But you got to remember, before the whole water crisis, Detroit was still a city that was in a rough light. Oh, yeah. It was still a city that was trying to rebuild. And I'll be honest, when I got the call I was going to Detroit, I was like, ooh, you know, I mean, that, seriously, that was my first reaction. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I was not the most excited to go to Detroit, um, Michigan. When I get there, I, I think I've told the murder bear stories before, right? Have I told the murder I bear story? Yeah. So. so basically, long story short, I, uh, an intern picks me up from the airport. Um, we drive past this fence on the way to the practice facility, and there's this fence filled with teddy bears. And I'm like, dude, what's up with all the teddy bears on the fence? And the guy's like, oh, those are the murder bears. Yeah. I go, what are murder bears? And he said that every time um, a kid was killed, they put up a teddy bear for him. Brent, there was hundreds, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds and hundreds of teddy bears on the fence. So I'm like, dude, get, I, I don't want to be here. Okay, yeah, like desolate despair, yeah, those exactly. kind of words. I mean, think pandemic before yeah. there was a pandemic. It was Detroit. It was Detroit. Yeah. So I had the preconceived notion of what Detroit was. Okay, but as I kind of went around the city a little bit, as I saw the fans on game day, I'll be honest. If you've ever been in Detroit, you know the game day experience. It's nothing special. Okay, because the city, uh, I'm sorry, the stadium is right downtown. So you get people tailgating sometimes in alleyways. But I'll say this: you got this sense from people from Detroit that they knew better like something better was going to come yeah yeah like like they, they, they were they were going to put their you know to their hands in the grindstone and help build this thing and make it better than it has been and i get the sense that's kind of what detroit has become it's it, it's become a better city um it's become a little bit of an economic boom now and obviously there's still problems there but it's better when than when i was there yeah. okay and i get the sense that if you're from that area and it's almost like you want to see the job get finished Right, like you, you, you want to put the work in, and you want to see it through. That was the vibe. Every restaurant that I went to, uh, every Walmart, every hotel that's there, and the workers were there. Like that's the vibe that I got. Like they're like, yeah, it's nothing right now, but just wait. Like we're we're, we're gonna see this thing through, and it's gonna be better. And now Detroit is better. I wonder if that sticks with Allen Robinson a little bit. I wonder if that mindset of coming from that kind of area, because let's be honest, it's not about where you come from; it's where you're going. But you always take where you come from with you. 
Okay? So I like to think a little piece of Detroit is still in Allen Robinson. I like to think that Detroit mindset is still with Allen Robinson. And if that's the case, let's be honest. You played in Jacksonville, okay? You never went to the playoffs. Well, you went to the playoffs, but you weren't part of that. Yeah, yeah, because he had the injury. You never went to the Super Bowl, all right? Yeah, you 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 were acclaimed, and uh, you went to the Pro Bowl one year, but the job's not finished, right? And, and I wonder if that you know sinks in Al Robinson's mind a little bit, that there's more work to be done, that you want to see this thing through. You want to go back to the place that gave you the opportunity in the first place. And now that the culture is obviously different, there's new players in the mix, I wonder if that encourages him to come back and say, you know what, I want to give this a try again. It's a great point. It yeah. is part of the makeup of, of where he is. I, I also say this. I don't know if there would be another fan base more excited to get Allen Robinson than this one. Yeah. There's some you talk about like that makeup. There's a little bit of loyalty here with the fan base and A Rob. It's interesting because a lot of players that leave, it's like see you later. Yeah. You know, and A Rob wasn't like that, and and they kind of have seen what he did, has done, and well, by the way, yeah. there wasn't even animosity toward the organization really it wasn't from the fan base. That terms, much. No. It was just it, that was a business. It was kind of, that's how right. the business shakes out. You get yeah. hurt, it doesn't yeah. work out. You go and you do well, and they come back. So I think it's the door is open for that, and I believe. It, listen, you know this. I mean, it's human nature. Mm-hmm. A player. There's no doubt Allen Robinson feels the love from Jacks fans. I mean, he knows they would like him back. So I don't think this is really about Allen Robinson. This will come down to money and situation. But it also will come down to would the Jags be willing to spend that kind of money. That's where I'm kind of at today is more, okay, Allen Robinson might have a decision to make. But when you're talking about $20 a year, there's only a few teams that can handle that. Like you really limit your pool of candidates. I don't know if the Jags are going to jump in that pool. If I'm being completely honest, Mm -hmm. I would love for him to bring Allen Robinson back. I'm just telling you what I believe. I'm not sure they'll jump into that kind of pool in that position. I'm hoping they jump in that pool once or twice this free agency season. A Leonard Williams, an Allen Robinson, a Chris Godwin, Justin Simmons. Like, I think it's okay to get two of those guys, spend some of that money. I just don't know if they'd allocate it toward the receiver position where they've invested draft picks. LaVisca Chanel, DJ Chark. Uh, they're going to invest money in DJ Chark, by the way, too. They will have invested a little bit in Colin Johnson. Uh, and there are other players out there. It's a deep class. There's a lot of names out there. I think the top three or four guys certainly have separation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are like 43 free agent wide receivers. There's also another 43 are in the draft. And the Jags well, have 11 picks. So yeah. that's what my hesitation is as well. They would. Will they pony up that kind of money for that position? Not for Allen Robinson, for the position. And that's the thing, though, right? Because there's two sides to it. The one side you want to say, well, let's be honest here. You're getting Trevor Lawrence. Help Trevor Lawrence out. Most important most important position in all of sports. So if you bring Allen Robinson in, well, the stock of Trevor Lawrence drastically rises now. And it's already at an all-time high, but yes. it even goes higher, exponentially higher. Yes. And I get that point. But the other side of that is it's a luxury. Okay, if you brought in Allen Robinson, it's a luxury because wide receivers right now are not the problem of the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Interior defensive linemen, possibly a safety position, but there's bigger holes to fill than the wide receiver position, and that's what it comes down to, I think. I saw a stat today, I think, uh, most NFL cap space um, in 2021. And because they came out, the cap was like 180. It's at the minimum, it's going to be 180. And it's not going to be too much more than that, like 188. So it's going down from last year and the last few years. And the Jags will benefit from that. So over the cap has 
cap space, $74 million, almost $75 million. The Jets are number two on that list. They could afford a guy like uh, Allen Robinson. New England Patriots, I've seen a lot of people predict him go to the Patriots. The yeah. problem is, who are you playing with? So again, like if I'm the if I no. wanted him, if I'm the Jazz, like you want to play with Trevor Lawrence, you want to play with unknown quarterback in New York, unknown quarterback in New England, Indianapolis just ate up a lot of their money, I think, with a Wentz deal. Uh, the Bengals, they have some money. Washington has a, probably enough money to be able to do it. They don't have a quarterback. Uh, Denver's a little bit weird on the quarterback front. I mean, actually, the Jags make a lot of sense here. The Jags, the Jets, the Patriots, I think, all make sense. From the dollars that they have, where's Green Bay? At but again, this? Trevor Lawrence going to win that. You know that that's a that's a that's yeah. a checkmate. We got Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, right. But where's Green Bay on that list? Are they lower on the bottom? Green Bay. Because once again, because if you buy into the Von Miller hype or the Rashawn Gary hype, yeah, I don't know Rashawn Gary. I mean, uh, if JJ I'm Watt looking hype. at this correctly, it looks like they're over the cap right now. They're going to have well, to lose cap. Well, but space. they're going to lose Aaron Jones. They're like, I don't think they're going to resign Aaron right, Jones. They're hefty. Yeah. They're like twenty million over. Sure. Okay. Uh, and again, some it, the numbers are. I yeah. think this is an update as of today, to be honest. Uh, Has a team ever not been in the – you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Yeah, I just – I might do this tomorrow. I didn't have time to do it today. If you take a year ago today where the Jags were at mm-hmm. in terms of the look of their organization versus right now and leading the thing in cap space and everything else, it is unbel- – I know we've talked about it, like, so much. Sure. But it's just amazing the position they are in. They, they did an incredible job of shifting. Mm. That is one thing. I don't know if you get credit for that when you go one in 15, when you get fired as the GM or fired as the coach and whether we should give Shad Khan more credit because he had more control, it seemed like, of some of that stuff in the last 15 months. Yeah. Whoever's responsible for it did a terrific job of it. Yeah. I mean, it almost was like you couldn't do it better. Yeah. Like you really couldn't pivot any better. You had to wait up a year, had to suck it up in a year. But it was well, an unbelievable hey, – um, and, and by the way, there's a level of luck involved in here too. Sure, sure. Thank you, New York Jets. Yes. But it's just amazing what it looks like here Listen, um, from a business standpoint. This is a way too early prediction and a calculation here. But you said it. They shifted. They're on a new direction now. My question to you, Brent Martineau, how many wins do the Jaguars have to get this up-and-coming season to say it was worth it? Well, uh I saw somebody predict. We'll talk about this tomorrow. I saw okay. somebody predict that the Jags could like be picking first again, and mm. that ain't happening. First of all, <laughs> it was worth it because you, whether they are right or wrong, you are getting a guy in Trevor Lawrence that okay. you never had. Sure. So it's already worth it. I don't think it's about 21 per se. Okay. okay. Uh, that being said, I believe this team should get to feel good about where it's going more so rather than is it worth it. Okay. Somewhere between five and Seven wins. Yes. At at a minimum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy and say they should get Iowa, but I really I think <laughs> if we're sitting to California, I think no. if we're sitting here and and the Jags have the fifth pick again because they were four and twelve or three and thirteen. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. You know, it does not feel good to me. That, that means something's amiss still, okay. and they didn't fix enough of it. Because again, I, I think you can make the case they have some players that are capable. When they lost five games by four points or less, you know, can you win three of those games? Well, bam, all the way, you're up to four. True. Right. True. So, um, I would say I, I think that's fair. I, I mean, you can't turnarounds in the NFL are not often drastic. The reason why most teams make the playoffs the next year after not is because they went from seven and nine to 10 and 6. Yeah. That's three games. That's a monumental difference from year to year mm-hmm. in the NFL. The the San Francisco 49ers going from whatever it was 3 and 13 
to Super Bowl is an anomaly, and you can't plan on that. When you have one win, if you win six, that's a hell of an improvement. Absolutely. Agreed. All right, I'm going to get out of here. i get some high school baseball. Hey, go get them, Ty. Kaylee, good luck uh, to you if you're on the mound again today. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get a head start on that. Hey. We'll see you on TV at 6.50 on Be Fox honest. 30. Kaylee's first start. She dominates. Do you sense a little arrogance now? Is she uh, walking a little taller? Yeah, she's confident. Swag, okay. A little, a little swag. swag. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is good. Got to keep him grounded, keep, though, Brent. Got to yeah, keep him grounded. Try. Yeah, try. Yeah, try. Keep him grounded. Hopefully, uh, awesome, Ty man. has some swag after today, too. Let's we'll get see. It. Let's get it, Ty. Um, I don't even know if he's playing. Yeah, we'll <laughs> so no he's rocking the what the two five what number, uh, number five number five that's what it was okay yeah cool. so uh you'll finish up this segment and uh we'll finish up a week tomorrow live local loud by the way coming up at six o'clock i'll see you on tv cbs 47 fox we have a lot of high school action from uh boys basketball uh even some lacrosse i think tonight as well on tv later on tonight anything we'll you want me to talk about so you can have a nice little drive to the game anything you yeah, want to uh, go over get to, steph curry is lighting it up we got Are you we surprised by that say no more we got you steph curry coming yeah, back we'll drive and dish podcast next on espn 690 This one will probably be the most impactful thus far of his career because it would tie him with Michael Jordan for five MVP awards. He would be the oldest player in the history of the game of basketball to win the MVP. And then think about every, look, they go on this crazy run last year through the pandemic with the season being off for a month and a half. They come out, they win a world championship in the bubble. They didn't turn around, have the quickest turnaround, probably NBA history with 71 days off. LeBron hasn't taken games off like people thought he would. Whoa, he's going to he's gonna low manage at the beginning of the year. He hasn't done that. He's been playing out of his mind. And now they lost AD for probably a month or so. And if they find a way to stay at the top of the Western Conference, and then, <laughs> I mean, he's going to win this award. I don't know how difficult of a road this has been for LeBron to play at this caliber, key at this level. At 36 years old. That's Jay Williams talking about, well, maybe one of the front runners to win the MVP award in LeBron James. Kuz, do you get the sense, like, oh, let's be honest here. I mean, the Lakers are a damn good team, 22-7 and seven right now. Second place in the West behind, of all teams, the Utah Jazz, who saw that coming. But, like, do you think with the way the season's kind of shaking out, like, do they take a little away from the wins and losses now in terms of the MVP Right, because like you can realistically say with AD out now that the Lakers could finish maybe third or fourth in the West, but to me that doesn't really matter. Like LeBron and the way he's playing is probably still going to get the award, assuming he can stay healthy. I think the only way that that you really talk record in terms of the MVP vote is if they're the best, like record-wise, the best team, like we did with the honest yeah, last honest, year. Yeah, sure, sure. Or if they're like barely making the playoffs, but the but they're the star on that team, kind of like Westbrook was on the Thunder. Oh, when man, he was, yeah, the guy was a walking triple-double. Right. I think they, they ended up being sixth uh, in the standings that year. So I don't necessarily think it it matters too much. I think if LeBron James and the Lakers are even in the top five okay. in the West, there's going to be an argument for LeBron to be MVP. There's a, there's there's legitimately an argument for him to be MVP every year. Yeah. Uh, this year, it's just really everyone's hyper-focused on he's doing it at this age. But then, okay, so let's look at it like this, though. And and I want to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit here. And let's say that record really does 
is taken into account with the situation. Mm-hmm. And let's say like the, the Jazz keep doing what the Jazz are doing right now, and they have the best record in the NBA right now. They're twenty four and five. Sure, let's yeah. say they finish with the best record in the NBA. Why isn't anybody talking about Donovan Mitchell then? Like I, I, think I feel like will. Donovan Mitchell's an afterthought right now. And, and am I wrong? I mean, obviously, driving this podcast, you're you're more in tune right now to the NBA than I am. But I feel like Donovan Mitchell's not on the tip of anybody's tongue when we're talking about you know great players in the NBA. Maybe I I'm think, wrong. I think you're you're not wrong. I think if you were to ask anybody that watches the NBA right now who their top three would be for MVP right now. Mm-hmm. They'd probably say some combination of LeBron, Joel Embiid, and Jokic. Yes. And then, then you'd have a few people that might throw Curry in there and Adetokounmpo in there. Um, I would throw him in there. I yes. know, yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, but I think that would be that would be a big part of it. Now, I think there is a case for Donovan Mitchell if he's the best player on the Jazz and they have the best record in the NBA. Yeah. I think right now everyone's kind of more in a, like, let's see it by the end of the season. Like, yes, they're playing really well now. They started, if I'm not mistaken, kind of slow. Mm -hmm. And so, or at least Donovan Mitchell did uh, start slow. So, and he played really well in the bubble. So if he can get back to what he was doing in the NBA bubble, like when they were going up against the Nuggets, and that was like a, they were just throwing 50-point games around back and forth like it was nothing. So, if, if Donovan Mitchell can be doing that, especially on the second half, for the entire second half of this season, I think there will be an argument. I'm convinced no matter what Donovan Mitchell does, no matter what Joel Embiid does, no matter what Jokic, Giannis, Steph Curry. Even I think, Steph Curry, huh? I think no matter what they do, LeBron is going to have the age argument, which I don't know how you argue against it, especially if AD is out for an entire month and LeBron balls out and, and keeps the team where they are or, if or you know, gets a better record. You know, I'm looking right now at the Golden State Warriors. Seventh place, 16 and 13. Right. Um, obviously, Clay Thompson, out. KD, we'll see you later. You know, they're they're essentially, and it's crazy that we're saying they're rebuilding, but they they really are. I mean, they're they're just they're not their full team, obviously. Well, their rookie, uh, he hurt his wrist, if I'm not mistaken. He was out for a little bit. Are you surprised though? And I I guess like I was naive to the fact that Steph Curry is so good, right? And even when he gets hurt, like Steph Curry's game, if you get hurt, well, that's fine. Like he doesn't play a physical brand of Mm -hmm. basketball. The the guy is a little more finesse, and obviously he's one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter of all time. All due respect to Ray Allen, all due respect to Larry Bird, obviously as well. (laughs) But like, are, are you surprised? how much Steph Curry has taken over or should we have all seen this coming it's just the fact that we got caught up with KD leaving yeah. we got caught up with Clay Thompson getting we hurt got, and all this stuff you got caught up with everybody leaving he was injured it was an entire season that he was essentially out we NBA is a very what have you done for me now league you're not so lying. You, you forget you know you move on you you see the Donovan Mitchell highlights you move on to that next person you're looking at Bla- uh, Bradley Beal dropping 60 points you move on and then Curry comes back and does it, and we go, oh, yeah, he is that good. Yeah. Well, last question for you, then we'll get ready to go here. Luka Doncic playing pretty well, but I get the sense that well, what we saw that Luka in the bubble, I get the sense that there was going to be, like, this guy's MVP next year, hands down. Like, Everyone, this guy can do it all. the betting favorite. Exactly. Yeah. There, there you go. Say no more. Vegas even agreed with me. What's up with him right now? I think his he's still playing really well. I think the Mavericks are playing pretty decently yeah uh, i think the problem with him is his efficiency okay uh, from the three-point line really uh, i think it's it's around 30 percent. he's never been the greatest shooter yeah in terms of percentage he, he gets these nice shots they just don't go down as much so i think he's still playing really well it's just everyone put a really high expectation on him and 
record-wise, I guess it hasn't necessarily lived up to that. Well, and that's the thing with the MVP award, too. I mean, unless you're averaging a triple-double or not, you got to score points, right? right, and right. you got to have those shots as well. All right, well, that's another show today on a Thursday on Action Sports Jackson ESPN 690. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see what kind of quarterback news takes place tomorrow. Don't sleep on it. We'll see, man. I mean, the way the quarterback carousel is rolling right now, uh, we might have to get off pretty soon because I'm getting kind of dizzy. But we'll see what's up tomorrow here on ESPN 690. For Justin Coos, I'm Austin Lane. Go up to Ty and Kaylee tonight. Brent, we'll see you tomorrow, dude. Have a good one. Y'all take care. Peace. We're out. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.